Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Our producer, who's usually with us, uh, Patrick Newman, I think he may be somewhere off in the listening land, but he's having some technical problems. So, so he's 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 been uh, he's been brave enough to leave Alan and I out here on our own. So, so Alan, how you doing, buddy? Good, but you know what? A great example of emotional sobriety, right? In terms of yep. dealing with, I, I was thinking is. the same thing. You yep. know, it's it's like here, Patrick's having trouble with his internet. And, and, you know, he, he's, you know, of course he wants to be here. He's frustrated and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's the problem is never the problem. It's how we cope with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's unfortunate. He just won't be able to be present with us. He's listening in on it, but Mm -hmm. we're just making the best, you know, that we can with it and, and decided to just go forward and, and record it at my end, not his end. And, to deal with it because reality is reality only 100 percent of the time and that's right that, that's and right that, and, and, and that's and all I'll, just and that's just 100%. all just 100 of the time and it's how you cope with it that counts and and that's you know so it's always interesting to me how what is happening right now can always if you're paying attention to it and aware of it there's always an emerging opportunity to plug right. this stuff in that we're talking about absolutely and that, that's one of the things and and the other and I'll, and I'll use this as a way to get to my main pet peeve which is which is just re- rep- repetition practice 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 and then practice yeah. some more is is the more we focus on this the more consciously we we make that our daily practice the more we're aware of it just even on the out the outer layers of our consciousness it's like because i because i realized when we you and i started talking alan that you, both both you and i and we'll check out with patrick when we when we next have him on is uh we were we were both thinking in terms of how we're dealing with this it's like yeah. i mean it's not like it wasn't the main thing it was just it was just I, that, that observer self of me was, was saying was was fully aware that we're doing a, a podcast on emotional sobriety and and here we were three of us talking just problem solving Yes, that's and, right. that, and that's all we were doing. We were just problem solving. Yeah. And, and it's like there wasn't it wasn't. A, is there a you know, is, is there something wrong? It's like, no, there's just a problem to be solved. That's right. See, and, w- and what a shift in consciousness. I mean, I want everybody to hear that. Uh, See, when yeah, my yeah. consciousness is undifferentiated, then when I hit an obstacle, it's not about solving the problem. It's whose fault is it? Well, first, yeah, first I get offended. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. no, no, seriously, take it, personal. Yeah, take it personal. No, the first, the first thing I do is, is like, and you don't think, I don't think of it that way, or I didn't, and when I was doing this more often, I didn't think of it that way. But basically, what I'm reacting to is, you know, sort of, how dare this happen? You know, right. it's, it's like what? It's like, it's like, it's, it's, you know, who knows what the cause and effect is, all this stuff. But like you said, it has nothing to do with me personally. But I would, you know, it's amazing what I could make in, in, in those days in the past and potentially still, I always want to point that out, but that, that I would make so much personal and it would, you know, and it would, it would be, I could sometimes spend days being offended by something before I even got to the problem solving part. Yeah. See, I'm convinced that one of the things that drives our perfectionism mm-hmm. is the fear of the should monster. Yep. Is because oh, God, if, yes. if I don't do it perfect, there's going to be a price to pay. That's right. And either I'm going to pay the price or you're going to pay the price. Right. I mean, I'm going to either beat myself if, up if, or I'm going to beat you up. I mean, that's man, that's perfect. The reason we're blaming other people is so that we don't get blamed. 
so that we don't blame ourselves. And see, and, and that's, I think, also what drives the perfectionism on our part, is that if I do everything perfect, my should monster won't have any ammunition. Yeah. He won't have a reason to come after me. Right. 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 So which that's is, the which other is, part. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because right. you know the way I say is is because that's it's not true because he'll he because I don't know why these culprits in our head these these uh, I do have a theory on why but why these culprits whether it be our addiction or our our self condemnation seem to seem to be a little bit smarter than we are because that sets us up to need each other. Our recovery batteries hold a charge for quite a while nowadays. It's like I can do I can do a lot of stuff and not have to necessarily plug in everywhere all frequently worry about my battery running out because as long as i know that i you know the isolation is the real killer in all this stuff i mean it really is i mean my depression can't get me my addiction can't get me you know none of this stuff can get me as long as i remain connected as long as i remain honest so that you and other people people i need to know what's going on with me i can have the worst day in the world and i'm still okay because i've got connections and and people are people are there for me you know, you know, another theory about this, uh, that addict self or any of these parts mm -hmm. being a little smarter than us, the, the way that Dr. Rader, my mentor, when I first came into field said, <laughs> he said, your addict self is a clone of you. Mm -hmm. It is, it has every bit of intelligence that you have. Mm -hmm. And because it does, it knows your next move. Mm -hmm. He says it's like playing chess again. So it looks like it's smarter. And all it is, is it's read your book. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's read, it's, it's read your moves. It knows right. exactly what you're going to do. And so it uses that not in a constructive way, but right. in a very destructive way to sabotage you. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's like we're playing chess against the clone of ourselves. Well, it, 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 has, it, it, it has, it has, it has, that has one intention in mind, right? Right, I mean. right. Their 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 goal is very, quite different from ours, and it's it's interesting because one of the things I've said to people before, I said, you know, when you think about these these in, intrapersonal uh, culprits, I said, think about the people who are closest to you and how how they, they know people in your family, for instance, and how you you will use the the expression, they know how to push my buttons. You're going, I'm going, I say, these guys are inside you. They can see your buttons, you know, <laughs> it's, they're, they're dead on with those buttons. They can get us every single time. I love that idea that, that it's just, they, they just, they have a, they have a little bit more information. Yeah. To get there ahead of they us. They know us and they can use that information as they want. It, it's like a, in a boxing match. Mm -hmm. If you see a pattern to your opponent's, you know, you know, behavior, you can use that pattern against we, them. You know yeah. what, Alan? That's beautiful because one one of the things what that also says is is that's I I love I love having insights when you and I are talking. It's like that's what that's a, that's one of the ways of looking at why it works and why when we teach people to, to basically change get, change responses, try on different responses. Not even say you have to do it this way, but but what happens is that throws that throws the intrapersonal relationships off. They it's very much like what I tell people. I've just finished telling people for quite a bit during because I always do this during the holidays before everybody goes home to their family. I say, you know, it's like everybody's going back to a play that they've been in forever and everybody knows the blocking. Everybody knows the the lines. They know your lines and their lines. And then I said, but it's kind 
I, I, I try to teach people, I'll say, you know, don't go in there and be mean because you're, you're, you're learning, you're getting, becoming more aware of the, of the dysfunction, but have some fun and, and respond differently. It is you know, we're, we're seeing why we have have Patrick, because because one of the things that happens when when Patrick in here, you and you and I just start talking and we go, we're, go wherever we're going to go. No, but this is kind of just allowing what what is emerging to be the focus. Right. That's right. what we say all the time. And what's emerging mm -hmm. here today mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. A lot of different things. First of all, the importance of experimentation in your practice of emotional sobriety is trying different things on, breaking patterns, pattern disruption. You know, um, Harriet Lerner wrote a great book called The Dance of Intimacy. Yes. And what she said in it, which is just exactly what you were saying intrapersonally, she said interpersonally, you know, we fall into a dance with our partners. Mm -hmm. And she says, oftentimes we get bored. We know the steps. Mm -hmm. We know where it's going to go. We know where it's going to lead. And she says, and, and oftentimes... That we get into blaming our partners. Why are you still doing the same dance with me? But we're still following, either we're following or we're initiating the dance. It's not like they're just doing the dance. We have to cooperate. Yeah. So she said, learn a new dance step, try something mm -hmm. different. You know, and, and interpersonally or intrapersonally, what what one of the things that you, I've learned with you is you could go ahead and say, look. I can see that that's part of my personality. I make mistakes at times, but that's not all that I am. Yeah. I know that's a part of me, but I know there's other parts of me that are that are very interested in, in learning and continuing to develop. So look, what I'll take from what you're saying is that, that I've made a mistake. Now I got to learn from it, but right, I'm not right. going to define myself by it. See, that's the right. stuff. That's the inner, the, the internal dialogue, right? that right. we have, which is changing the dance steps. I love that you bring back experimentation because too often, because of, because most of us have some version of perfectionism, uh, when, they, when people start in a process of growing, uh, to people like us who are facilitators or therapists or whatever, if they're if we're not careful, we'll we'll they'll hand over the the they'll take the power back from from some some place in their life, but they'll give it to us. And so they're they're then they're trying to they're trying to say, am I doing this right? And and, and one of the things you know when when people say you know I don't want to do it wrong, what I say is the only thing you the only thing I know that you can do wrong in therapy with me is not be honest. I mean, they, and it's I'm not wrong. You're not wronging me. I mean, you're 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 not gonna you're not you're you, the therapy that's going to come out of this is going to, you know, if you give me a fictional version of you, I'm going to do my best to help that fictional version. <laughs> you're not doing something wrong in therapy. If you're not being honest, it's just share that you're having trouble being honest. See, yeah, that's honest. Right. See, but yeah. people sometimes don't think of that. They think that mm. I've got to make that big jump. No, you don't. I no, mean, oh, I right. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. It doesn't mean you have to tell me everything, you know, no. right? You know, it's like, no, as a matter of fact, one of the things that people I've, I've seen therapists make the mistake of, 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 of approaching Which, a client as if, as if you should trust me because I'm a therapist. That's right. It's like, no, you should trust me if I, if I prove trustworthy. So no, that's a really good point. Being honest does not mean you're just telling me everything. It just means. Oh, it means, it means that I'm having trouble being honest about something mm -hmm. and I'm feeling a lot of shame about it. And I'm afraid of, mm -hmm. you know, how you're going to think about me or how you're going to react to me. Mm -hmm. That's, that is exactly what being in therapy and getting the most out of it looks like. 
it's not being perfect. It's being who you are mm -hmm. and being transparent with your therapist about that. Yeah. It's no, actually, I have a client right now that, that does a beautiful job with this. She very often, she's just now in touch with, with a lot of trauma from her past that she has not dealt with. And, and, and she has a lot of shame and stuff she's dealing with. But one of the things that she does regularly, consistently is she will acknowledge to me there, there, there are, there's something that I, that I know I need to process, but I'm not ready to do it. And, and it's like, okay, you know, is there anything I can do to help? You know, sometimes we find that she can do it better with writing than talking or uh, sometimes because she's a remote client. Sometimes she says there's some things I need to do on the telephone without, without a visual where we're not, where we're not seeing, where I'm not looking, we're not looking at each other. And, yeah. uh, and we do it that way. We, you know, we, we, we find, we find a way to do it. And because my favorite, one of my, one of my favorite things of being a therapist is being the, being a, a person who can help create a space where, well, you said it before you, we don't want you to be perfect, where people can bring their radically imperfect self in and really have the experience over time that basically you can't fuck this up. Yeah. You know, you can't, you know, you, there's not going to be a, you know, a lot of times early in therapy, they're waiting to cross the line where we're going to, you know, the therapist is going to go, uh Oh, you know, nope. And, and, you know, and no, you know, we, we found people that we, we could do that with. Yeah. You know, I, I know people. That, no, we did. And it's not easy. Was I remember nothing, there was, there was nothing I could say to, you know, to, 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 to Linda Odom that was going to be rejected. was going yeah. to be judged. It was like, I knew it. It was all right. I was safe. And in, in, like you said, Tom, you don't know that until you start to deal with this. And then that therapist proves trustworthy. A couple yeah. of years ago, um, I was dealing with a situation that was really pushed to the foreground because of um, what somebody was doing with the, this experience in my past, where mm -hmm. I made a real serious mistake, right? Mm -hmm. And I was ashamed of it. I had a mm -hmm. lot of shame. You know, you know, I've talked about it. I don't mm -hmm. want to go into yeah. details yeah. here, yeah. but 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 I I was in therapy and and um. You know, I was encouraged by my sponsor, Tom, you know, talk to your therapist yeah. about mm -hmm. what's going on. I was so reluctant. I was so afraid of her judgment about, yeah. you know, what what I did and all kinds of things. And I just shared that with her. I says, you know, there's something I want to talk about. And I'm very reluctant to do so. I think you're going to judge me. I think. And I'll tell you, man, she coped with that so well. You know, she, first of all, she respected that I felt that way, didn't push it. She says, look, you know, um, you know, I, I can't guarantee how I'm going to respond to you, but I, you know, I feel like I'm very supportive of you and I understand you a lot. And I mean, she just, she just really said, when you're ready, do it. Don't push yourself if you're not ready. So just accepting that made me ready. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was so yeah. interesting is that I could trust her that she didn't have an agenda that I had to be something to be okay. Well, but one of the things too, that, that was part of that is because, you know, it's, it's like, it's not about us It's you know, as a therapist, but, but, but the, when we're asking somebody to be honest, yeah. you know, we're also, you and I are, are also committing to being honest. 
it's like it, it's it's like that's the the thing that you know the old when you have the old beer scra beard scratcher kind of therapy you know where somebody just sits there and huh huhs and, and right. says tell tell me more and and basically they're saying it's like like they're saying like you you just strip down and become as vulnerable as, as you can be because you're in therapy and i'm going to sit here and be completely you know completely you know safe and uh and it's like you know the therapy the, the point of therapy is not for the therapist to be safe i mean we, we gotta be responsible for ourselves but the client doesn't have that and i'd love that and you're you're just talking about that your your therapist the credibility is profound to me when she says i do, i can't tell you for sure how i'm going to respond you know but this is what i this is what i know it's like i mean if somebody were if somebody promises me something that that, that basically involves predicting the future <laughs> you know you if i'm scared of flying and, and somebody says it's not going to crash yeah. and you get on the plane it's like that's that's no longer credible you don't know that it's and like i'll tell you when i shared her you know what she did what she said i'm more concerned with how you feel and how bad you feel than what you did beautiful, beautiful. it was incredible man i'll mm -hmm. tell you that she just you know, she really, really touched me very deeply in terms of with the skill and professionalism and caring and empathy that she well, managed that situation. Uh, well, and, and talk about talk about the the thing we were going to talk about. There's a little piece of this here, and that's ripple effect. When when we experience that, and it's not just therapists who, where it goes on, but for us, it's very direct. When when we have those experiences, because I can think of when you said that, I thought of two or three, just right off right off the bat, that that uh, things the way that therapist responded to me that basically you probably couldn't observe me for a week any any given week that i don't use something that is actually comes from that moment in time you know that i'm sharing with and using with other people because i because i know what it how, how profound it, it was helpful to me and um and that's the ripple effect and when people and and and, and you don't have to say you don't have to be a therapist when, when we're treated with that level of respect and trust we know something experientially about what that's like we are far more likely as human beings to treat other people that way such a good point man. Yeah. and it's so and it it's a corrective emotional experience right it's oh it yeah it's a whole different relationship with ourselves and with another human being and and you know it it was it's been a very powerful experience being in therapy with her mm -hmm. because one of the things about re reassurance is i mean i wrote about this in embracing fear is that that uh you know that i was saying earlier that reassurance in order to be helpful has to be credible uh, and very often people with, with, uh, with ourselves and with other people, unknowingly we're, we're in, in a, with an attempt to be reassuring, we're actually minimizing or we're, we're criticizing, you know, yeah. oh, you don't, that you should, you don't have to be afraid of that, or that's not that scary, or you're going to, you know, that's, you know, like, you know, that's, that's a, it's like, I often will tell people like, it's more reassuring when you tell somebody something that's really tough and really hard and really scary for them just to respond by saying, wow, that must suck. Yeah. Then, then to, to try to t give me a little lecture on why I don't have to feel that way because, because reassurance is connection. Yeah. It's, it's, it's relational again. It's like, it's like once, and that's what she did in that experience. She yeah. told you what she cared about. She right. told you what she told. That's a comment about herself. Let me tell you yeah. what I care about. And it's like, and it was how you feel. And that's, and that's, what's more important. So you could let go, made you let go of the content enough, at least to just share it with her. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a beautiful story. No, it was, it was great. I mean, it's been a, a very, very, very powerful and therapeutic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very helpful for me. Patrick's yes. been sending us little notes, right? Oh, yes. What did I say? Read, yeah, I'll read him. Okay. He goes, this reminds me of a period when I was going to therapy and couldn't stay sober. Honesty was challenging then. And see, yeah. it is. See, if we do something that we don't feel good about, and, mm-hmm. you know, and this happens all the time. See, we get lost in wanting to please the therapist in thinking. And so mm-hmm. we we try to, like, like you said, we present this false self, this fictionalized mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. of ourselves, not who we are. And then mm-hmm. we wonder why nothing's changing, right? Yeah. Because somehow that false self won't change. It just is. Yeah, really, right. It's just it's it's unresponsive to therapy for for many reasons because it's not you. So that was a good one. And it's because um, so earlier when I started the podcast today, I was telling you about because you mentioned the ripple effect. So let's talk about mm-hmm. that a minute mm-hmm. because the ripple effect is a very strong phenomena that occurs mm-hmm. in recovery and especially in emotional sobriety. In fact, Bill said it in the 12 and 12, when he says, if we practice these principles in our daily lives, the principles of the 12 steps in our daily lives, that we and those about us begin to find emotional sobriety. So there's the ripple effect. This is that changing the dance step that Harriet Lerner was talking Mm -hmm. about. As Mm -hmm. soon as I start to grow myself along these lines, it like, it invites the people in my life to come with me. Mm-hmm. It stirs them towards it. The, the way that Father Richard Rohr said it, he says, if you don't transform it, you transmit it. Talking about our illness or our pathology. Well, and, and that's that, yeah. that makes but it goes point. the it's other the ripple, way, too. Ripple, what? Yeah, but the ripple, the ripple effect happens no matter what. We, no we matter all, what, whether we, it's we positive like to think or we negative. Don't matter. I always that's tell people, right. you, you, well, you think you, you don't matter, but you do. And do. so, how, why do, how, how do how do we have these family dysfunctions that go on and on and on and on? Right. It's because we're not interrupting and changing the ripple effect. That's right. So you, if you don't transform it, you transmit it. I love that. Once once you transform it, you also transmit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you, right. transmit, you, transmit, transformation. you transmit it no matter what. That's right. No matter what, that yeah. transmission is occurring. Like you said, whether it's a positive or a negative thing. And the cool thing about just like if it's a negative thing, it creates this downward spiral that reinforces mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Problems beget more problems. Negativity mm-hmm. creates more negativity and all that. But once you start to turn it in the other way, it's mm-hmm. like what, what Goethe says about providence moving to all mm-hmm. sorts of unforeseen acts and ideas and concepts come our way that encourage us on that path. Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about emotional sobriety. It is contagious, just just like Mm -hmm. our our illness was contagious, our alcoholism, our dishonesty, whatever it is, it it impacts our life, but so does our recovery. Well, right. Well, and and, and see, I I mentioned this earlier, but this is this comes down in my experience with with clients I work with. It comes down to to even a deeper piece of that, which is what we're we're really it's a confrontation. The confrontation is you matter whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, it's like it's and I've actually said it to people that way. It's like, you know, it's it's sort of like uh, I've I've told people I've, I've written some stuff about the fact that people who feel unloved 
but you know are loved i'm going like it's not up to you whether you're loved or not it's like it's like you know if if somebody tells you that that they love you then that then it's your job to accept that of course when we have such horrible self-esteem but because we're getting the negative ripple effect you know that becomes very difficult but so part of it is just that we matter no matter what and then the other part is what we're what you're saying and what we're talking about with the ripple effect is is okay uh if you're wondering whether there's such a thing as a ripple effect, uh, we're telling you what we believe, which is there is. And the choices you have, the choices I have is what kind of ripple am I going to send out? Yeah. You know, and it's about, and that becomes about what we have to teach people about the fact that no, we have choice. There's a lot of things we don't control, but one of the things we control is about not only how we respond outwardly, but how we respond inwardly. I get, to, I, I, you know, one of the most profound things I've ever learned, I think, is that that it, that from an intrapersonal point of view, is I have, I'm in charge of, and I have control over how I decide to interpret what is happening to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I started off today by telling you that I was contacted about a month or so ago by jimmy neville and he doesn't mm -hmm. mind me using this because mm -hmm. it's going to be on his podcast and mm -hmm. he reached out to me he says dr berger i don't know if you remember me or not but i wrote you um he goes about five years ago i sent you an email after finding your book um 12 stupid things uh to mess up recovery in a jail mm -hmm. cell <laughs> he goes, my entire perception of 12-step recovery changed, and upon release, I was finally able to begin my journey in recovery. This was a very impactful book and experience for me, and I will never forget it. Over the past five years, I went to school, got a bachelor's of uh, computer science degree while working within at a residential treatment center for substance abuse, Cornerstone Recovery in Louisville, Tennessee. I am now a software engineer for the Department of Defense. And absolutely love my career. I am also really involved in the 12-step service work. I'd love for you to, to join my podcast. I mean, so here it is, man. They're talking about the ripple effect. You yep. know, you throw that out in the world. And then Jimmy writes me. And I was so touched by how it moved him. But now we see how that one stone can create yes. such a reverberation in a person's life. Absolutely. And, and, and this, you're going to be now. You're going to be the, the first guest on his. I'm the first podcast. guest on this podcast I love that, that I love he that. decided to do. And That's look, beautiful. I've had that experience, and you've had that experience mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like my God. We just say one thing. I had one client that just wrote me recently. Says, you know, I only had one session with you, but the one thing you said in that session has made such a difference in my life, in terms mm -hmm. of of going on. And so I want people to hear that is that little gems and jewels and insights can come from all kinds of experiences we have something we're reading an interaction like i was talking about with doctor with the therapist i'm seeing dr allen um you know it's it's amazing how if we stay open to these things tom yeah. is that they're all around us brother they're everywhere well, man. They're well everywhere. one of the one of the things too is is just sharing it from the, the therapist perspective is it's it's uh it's 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 interesting to me that that what we what we think is is um uh, 
is we're doing this is particularly great and profound is not necessarily the things that the clients are, are benefiting from. That's it's true. like, you know, that, that's like the Yalom book where he and his client made that's notes. Right. About oh, yeah. Thing. Wasn't that interesting? I, 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 Tell everybody I, I, about that book in terms of. Well, it's, it's, it, I mean, he, he he basically made a deal with this person that that in, in lieu of payment that he, she was going to they each made notes after every one of their sessions. And then they came together at some point some point and and uh, compared notes literally and it turns out that that they 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 both took entirely different things out of those sessions it's it was you know and one of the things that led me to do and i've done this for a while for different clients is i'll have clients actually uh, uh, just i just call them bullet points if after a session if they'll please just bullet point me and and just send me a few bullet points of what they took from the session and it's almost always they are things that I would not have guessed. Yeah. Okay. It's like, and they're, they're, what I find out is that a lot of them are just things I take for granted because I'm hanging out with myself all the time. Yeah, so there's, right. they're, little, yeah. they're little throwaways almost for me, yeah. but yeah, they go so you, jaded sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just normal. It's, and it's, and it's like, but it's, it's, it's so amazing. And I've had people, and I bet you've had this too, where they come back to you and they say, man, when you said so and so to me, and I'm going like, I have no memory of saying that, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I had one that told me that one time and I, and I thought I didn't say that. It's like, but of course, what I didn't say is no, I didn't say it, but it, it's like, I had a, I'll tell you the story. Cause it's, it's funny. This client, I, you know, I, I still hope I didn't say it, but she, she said, she came back I mean, years later. I hadn't seen her for very long, but she said, you know, you told me one day that I was just one of those people that probably just wasn't, wasn't ever going to make it. And I thought, God, I hope I didn't say that. That must have been a bad day for me. But, but she's telling me how much she benefited from it. So it's like, like I wasn't going to say, oh, I never said that, you know, because that would be just me protecting my own ego. I'm, well, you know, probably mobilized her and said, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, either, I'll show him. She hurt, either, I'll show that jerk. <laughs> well, well as, as we do, either she heard it in a different way than, than right. I actually said it or I fucked up that day and she, and she took it and benefited from it. It's That's like right. either, exactly. either story is beautiful. I hey, love I'll it. tell you, I, I read this book about failures in therapy mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, that's one of the things that was the theme through the whole thing is that the mistakes that many therapists made, they say, thank God for generous clients. <laughs> oh <laughs> that God, they, no kidding. That, they, that they were able to take it and find a way to turn it into something positive in their life. It's well, it's, it speaks well for the human condition. Doesn't you it? Know, it I, really I, does. Yeah. I, I, when, when I do training workshops, I, at the beginning, I want to, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty spontaneous and just kind of do whatever comes out, but there's a few things I almost always do. And one of the things I do is I, is I, is I, I take a moment and, and I, and I do this with, sincerely, but with some humor, obviously, but I take a moment to to thank the to just put thanks out there for the for my first for my first clients when I got out of graduate school because because I because I, I remember I remember sitting in those that chair listening to people say, telling me what they were telling me and I remember literally thinking man this person ought to see somebody yeah you know and then I realized oh fuck they think they are you know and <laughs> and, 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 it, and it's me it's like but 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 I you know and I and, and people that were older than me because I was like in you know in my early young thirties and 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 I, I thought I don't know if these people are stupid or they're just kind and generous but but you know I got to I got to try and learn and do these things and and, and it is really speaks well to the human condition that people could benefit 
from that stuff, you know, regardless of what I knew or didn't know it was, and that has so, so much to do with that, about the power of intention. Yes. You know, I was, regardless of what it was, what I knew, or I know a lot more than I ever did in those days, but it's like, the truth is I was ab absolutely the part of me that wants to help the, that intends to be of most use to those people was he was, he was the same as he is in me right now. It's yeah. like that, that part of me talk about the intrapersonal, that part of me showed up and has been showing up for 40 something years. Tinge your life, tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing will entertain me like nobody else. So here's to us, my old friends. Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again. With glass in hand and children Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me.